Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bowl, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just it's, they're just there's <laughs> good racing and I enjoy it. Yeah. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to the show. Joining me today is Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport and Richard Crail from SBS Speed Week. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Richard. G'day, Craig. Gentlemen, good evening. Well, what's being reported this week in V8 Supercar Land, it's V8 Supercar's website with FPR's investigation into the Mustang. They're, of course, talking about what 2017 might see with a new generation car. And three licences are going under the hammer, V8X... Well, they're looking at the future rulebook options as well as 2017 looms as the next big date for V8 Supercars. Auto action featuring what the new car might be. They've got mock-ups and also they've surveyed their fans on what they'd like to see in a new V8 Supercar. They've got a story on Alex Buncombe getting prepared for the Enduros and also Shane Van Gisbergen talks about his championship and Shane Van Gisbergen's also a topic over there Richard for Speed Cafe. He certainly is Craig they're also looking at a big story this week about V8 wildcards for the Bathurst 1000 and uh, their eyes are on New Zealand as that deadline for entries closes and passes. They've got a rather contentious and interesting story on the Bathurst 12 hour and a V8 supercar test day potential clash next February so they're keeping a close eye on that. The NT News has got a great story about their tourism minister telling the boss up there to extend the V8 deal and that it should go a lot longer. And meanwhile, on Speak TV's uh, Australian website, they're talking about the interesting confrontation between Roland Dane and Chaz Mostert uh, rumbling on behind the scenes after a pretty contentious weekend of motor racing up in Darwin. And how much it costs to buy a spot on the V8 grid as well. Mm, yeah, William Dale's also got a great story on there about uh, a team rating halfway through the season. Sydney Morning Herald, Peter, has had a, a couple of interesting stories. Yes, it's been a, a busy week for uh, V8 media all around the traps, and uh, Sydney Morning Herald's talking uh, about the V8 test day clashing with the Bathurst 12-hour as well. Um, whether it's a, a, definitely going to be a storm, whether it's in a teacup or not, we'll uh, wait and see, I guess. Um, they're also uh, uh, reporting about uh, Ford, um, how they're performing well this year, but um, Ford's future with V8 supercars is still uncertain. We, we're still waiting for a key announcement there about uh, the Ford factory's uh, support of uh, uh, one or more teams. Uh, over to New Zealand in uh, the New Zealand Herald, uh, they're also looking at the uh, cars for the, the next generations, uh, and they're focusing on whether Ford Mustangs could be running wild in V8 supercars. We'll talk about that right after the feature interview where James Warburton will join us next. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. 
Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 supercars with Supercars Today. It's no fun back there, trust me, trust me. It's no fun at all. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 supercars world. You'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it for it. So I can promise you that um, ultimately for the people that are paying for it, it's not a, it will never happen. Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast today. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as V8 Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, James Warburton, coming up to the end of your first year in the role of CEO of V8 Supercars, how have you enjoyed that time? Oh, look, it's been fast- fantastic. I mean, look, look at the success of the business, the heritage the business has got, and I think more importantly, you know, the racing and the product. Um, you know, so it's been a it's been a good year, lots of challenges, but certainly heading in the right direction. What do you think's been the biggest thing you've been able to achieve in this short period? I look cons- consolidation and unity, and you know, and moving to the parity formula. So, you know, there was a lot of things, I suppose, at the crossroads. A lot of the events, you know, sort of four of our bigger street circuits, which are obviously you know massive marquees, marquee events, and some of the biggest events uh, in in Australia. And getting all of those renewed and getting you know that backyard in order was in- incredibly important. Um, you know, stopping stopping the you know sort of debate around parity, and you know, particularly from a manufacturing point of view, getting that settled down. You know, new structures in the commission, and you know, obviously the results that we're seeing on track. Uh, you know, those things are really critical. And then mo- moving towards the the formats, and you know, clearly getting you know getting the income streams back to where they need to be in terms of media rights. So pretty busy. You know, it was really six months, I think, in terms of getting all that stuff done. But pretty pretty busy times. The, the series has been going through a lot of change. New generation car came in. We've seen a change in race formats this year. And then next year, of course, a, a quantum shift in the way the sport will promote itself on TV through the Fox Sports deal and of, uh, obviously with Channel 10 again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we, we probably go back to 06, 07 when there was a change from 10 to 7 and it was an incredibly positive change. And, you know, I was one of the architects at 7, if you like, that actually brought the sport from 10 to 7. There was only ever Sunday racing that, you know, the, the Saturday racing was replayed late at night. Um, you know, the, there was the RPM, you know, sort of program. And so really what we've got going forward is... Uh, a three hundred and sixty percent increase, I think it is in terms of the overall hours, so it 'll be wall to wall action on both the ten platform and also and when I say ten it 's main channel ten and uh, also on the fox sports um, you know sort of network as well so you know real a real quantum shift to give us not only the the rhythm of the events that we run but the rhythm every single week and uh, you know really looking forward to it. You mentioned the the events and the formats, but one of the uh, big things is the the change in ticket pricing, and particularly with general admission now, you've dropped that price quite significantly um, at V8 supercar events, and obviously that is a, a key part of your platform moving forward, of getting more people bums on seats. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to refresh the events. I mean, you've got to look at um, what we offer, uh, you know, for every event and why people should come back, uh, and we work very, very hard at that. So if the core of the racing product is there, which, you know, clearly we, we believe it is and the results show that, um, then you've got to continue to attract fans. So unlike other sports, you know, we're, we're actually growing audiences. You know, we had a very good result in Perth and in Darwin and in Tassie, and, you know, yesterday here, you know, it was six degrees hotter. Um, you know, it's always a worry when the... the the locals in Darwin are complaining about the heat. It was, you know, six degrees hotter, but we had about the same number, 654 people less than last year. Um, so they're, they're pretty good in these economic times. So we've got to ensure the value's there and, you know, people are buying a ticket and wanting to come to our events. You've put on the agenda more international races and also uh, looking at helping to support new track developments in Australia. Obviously, when people hear more races, the natural question turns to, do you keep everything you've got now? Look, I think it's a balance. I mean, what, what we've what we've said very, very clearly is we're an Australian championship that will have an international race or two or three or four. You know, we, we, we're going to have four if we, um, you know, in terms of the agreement. In fact, I think we're going to have six, in, you know, if we, if we wanted to. But that's not the intention. The intention is just really to kind of grow the footprint. I mean, we are at a point where, you know, we need, you know, governments... Um, or we need to assist, if you like, the circuit owners, the heritage track owners, and we'll do everything we can to assist them. It's not, it's not our job, you know, to do it for them, but it's certainly our job to add the weight. Um, you know, you look at the economic stimulus, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Queensland Raceway and you look at, you know, what we bring to Ipswich, you know, we need improvements there, generic safety improvements, let alone facilities. Um, so we're, we're helping with, you know, with all of them, you know, putting our weight behind them, pushing with our relationships. Um, there's a couple of you know new new tracks and new developments. I mean, even you know we um, absolutely support Bathurst, um, you know regional council and their efforts to put you know a permanent facility at the at the foot of the mountain. So I think that's really important because we need those good quality places that you know that that uh, that fans will go and some good you know good facilities, good grandstands, those types of things because that's the fabric of our sport. And more importantly, from an international point of view, we need to bring back you know, races that are closer to home, both from a freight logistics point of view and actually are meaningful in terms of, you know, time zones. So very few of our fans, some, but very few of our fans go to all, you know, sort of 15 events. So we want to make sure that they can, you know, sit on the couch and really enjoy the experience and, and watch us at a, at a, in a good time zone. Is there a number of cars that makes freight more affordable for international events and, you know, size of grid and that sort of thing? Well, I think, you know, freight, freight's pretty simple in terms of the, the the volume you move so we've got a you know we've got some of the highest grid numbers you know even at 25 in terms of world motorsport so you know that proves difficult so we are just got to be smarter about what we're taking you know what we're chartering from a you know from a plane point of view at the moment we we need two 747s and so we're looking at freight models where we need one 747 and you either duplicate kit or you you know send it by sea freight earlier or you know or however the logistics work um, you know, at this point, we've you know we've got a model where we believe we can get down to one plane, and we can take about fifty percent of what we take, and that and that gives you good savings. Um, but you know, probably still not the quantum of enough. You know, at, at this point. Well, interesting times ahead. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panelists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media, or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, to the program guests now, and Richard, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, we mentioned at the uh, top, he's eyeing off how his championship's going, where that story that he's settled out of court with Erebus over the uh, contentious issue of being released from his newly signed three-year contract, it, it seems like it was perhaps a courthouse step signature which has settled the way for, well, probably the details never to be fully revealed. Yeah, correct, and I, I think that's probably the best outcome for not only for Erebus, have got bigger problems on their plate like trying to find funding for two full-time V8 supercars but but also for Shane and, and his family and his supporters it's good that it's out of the way it's done from a purely media perspective this is the kind of story in a similar way that's fought out in the AFL and NRL 24-7 and in a kind of strange sadistic way it would have delivered more news coverage and more constant media for V8 supercars that we tend to lack by not racing every week but from a, a purely business and I guess ethical perspective it's great that it's done it's dusted Erebus can move forward with their own thing the Stones can do the same but importantly for Shane he can now just get on the business of driving that Techno Autosport Commodore as fast and as sideways as he possibly can and try and drag the thing up the order in the championship certainly he's a contender now that, that first round is going to come back in Horton, I think, all season. It might be the difference in him winning or not. But if they can get some consistency on board the VIP car, he's going to be a contender at every race for the remainder of the season, as mm. he usually is. Uh, and that's exciting. And Peter, interestingly enough, you take a lot of photos. One of the most noticeable things was towards the end of the Stone Brothers' relationship, well, even for maybe a year and a half, you could never get a photo of Shane Van Gisbergen smiling. Oh, he, he was always a, a prized scalp. If you got a good photo of Shane um, you know, looking happy and, and smiling and uh, you know, looking at the camera, you've done very well. Um, he still can be very elusive, uh, but uh, it has been noticeable that... Uh, uh, when he changed teams, it was a, a different personality. He's still camera shy, and uh, maybe in the future rounds, he'll be a bit more relaxed still. Yeah, I certainly noticed on the uh, Epic Sports Photography site, there's a, quite a few smiling ones there. And uh, The other thing that caught my eye was uh, I stayed on in Darwin for a week, and that story, the tourism minister up there has been told by the chief minister to get his act together and get the V8 signed for much longer. Now, this is one of the things, and I think uh, it was interesting, Peter McKay wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald that this event and the Townsville event, the Darwin event and the Townsville event, Richard, are two of the events that really, really work with government funding, and I think you need to throw in Clipsal at that. Yeah, definitely. And, and you go back to 97, and, and the Territory was the first major state government call it a state for the sake of uh, yep. simplicity, to back event, an event. They, they were in a year before the Clips were 500. So they were, they were the trailblazers. They really sort of set the precedent for what was to come. Now, it could be said, certainly, that there's been some events that don't work with government funding, and they've since either fallen by the wayside or have always been on the edge of falling by the wayside. But it's the regional events that I think are the absolute backbone of V8 supercars. 
Adelaide's an exception because this is a racing city. Well, I'm from Adelaide, so it's a, it's a city that knows it's motorsport and will back an event. But Darwin, Townsville, they're looking for events that they can bring in for their people and to bring tourists and outsiders into their region. And that's what V8 Supercars does really well. That's why they work better there than perhaps they do at Sydney, to use a fairly obvious example. So they're definitely two of the best things where the government money works. They've got to re-sign them in Darwin. They've got to stay there. It's got to stay at the same time of year. It's one of the best events on the calendar. We all get up there and crack the shorts out of the um, cupboard for the first time in two or three months, and we all relax. And you're the perfect example, Craig, of why that event works, because you spent an extra week up there. I went up a couple of days early, spent a few days up there beforehand. You know, that's all money going into the Northern Territory and into the state and into their coffers so that they otherwise wouldn't get. Um, and if 5% of the people that go up to the V8s from the southern states um, do that every time they go to the supercars in Darwin, well, then that's a meaningful return on the taxpayer dollar that's going into running the event. Mm. And, and, of course, Peter, what we uh, also saw in that clip, in that uh, article, was the fact that the Chief Minister wasn't backwards in coming forwards. He said, yes, we have secured the race for a few years, but, hey, Bathurst has got a contract till 2037. We need to have that sort of length of tenure to lock it in. Does he know nothing about contract negotiations? No matter how much you may love something, you don't let them know. Um, otherwise, they're going to put the price up. Um, but, yeah, th- that to one side. Hey, it's good to see such a positive vibe about something there uh, for V8 supercars, the enthusiasm. Uh, I wonder if part of the success is because it um, is a permanent circuit. Now, they've put plenty of money into it over the years to get it to the uh, facility that it is. Uh, but does that make it more affordable for them because they're not uh, rebuilding uh, a circuit every year? Yeah, and of course it's it's more than just a permanent circuit. It's a permanent motorsport complex, speedway, mud racing, drag racing, all there, all available 365 days a year for the people of the top end. So it it certainly is, in my opinion, better value for money than just banging up a track for a, a week every year and uh, anyway that's me getting off the soapbox we need to take a break here on inside supercars but there's plenty more when we'll return join in the conversation post your thoughts on our sport radio facebook page hi i'm nick Perkat from hha racing you are listening to inside v8 supercars tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at v8 supercars with supercars today it's, it's no fun back there trust me trust me it's no fun at all. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 supercars world. You'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it for it. So I can promise you that um, ultimately for the people who are paying for it, it's not a, it will never happen. Supercars today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast today. Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security Dick Johnson Racing and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, as Peter Norton and Richard Crail here joining me, Craig Ravel, on our first ever show. Hope you're enjoying it as well. Look, uh, interesting, the Sydney Morning Herald story, which um, Peter and I will certainly talk about, the V8 test day clashing with the Bathurst 12-hour, coincidence or not? And I think that's Peter McKay at his brilliant best. And uh, I know at the end of that story, he announces that he's taking a break from writing the uh, motorsport column. And uh, we do wish Peter all the very best for that. But, um, gee, coincidence or not, you'd have to think it's not. I think that this would be a crying shame if 
um, we have a, a new V8 supercars versus super touring kind of war. Um, the Bathurst 12-hour, in, in my opinion, is a very different event. It's not a threat to V8 supercars. I think it complements what V8 supercars is. And uh, you can just wind the clock back to February this year. Um, it was a, a weekend when V8 supercars and their personalities were going to get zero exposure. But instead, we had very good media coverage across the country about a V8 supercar star, Craig Lowndes, winning this international race against international teams. He won it against the best, of, best in the world, and that had to build the stock of V8 supercars. Um, but now they're trying to set up some competition uh, where people have to choose between one or the other. And uh, just a crying shame, and uh, I hope they see sense and uh, don't go down that path. Well, I think there's two things. Uh, one, it's being done under the guise of speed TV, the new major contract rights holder, is wanting to get it away from the Cricket World Cup. I have no doubt that they're going, we need to spread our properties over a, a bit better, but when you think of all the channels they've got, it's it's perhaps, uh, you know, it's not as if they don't have a delivery platform to deliver it, but at the same time, it's not just one day, and as I, as I was talking to uh, one of the people at uh, the Bathurst 12 Hour a, a little bit before we went on to air, it's, it's not the fact that yeah, they can't do the uh, test day and the V8 drivers go to uh, Sydney Motorsport Park on the Saturday and then come back on the Sunday and race in the 12 Hour. The problem is the Friday is a big media day, which means they wouldn't have gotten into the 12 Hour car to do any testing. It's not a one-day, although it's only one day for the public, it's two days, at least for the teams and drivers, because they have so many media commitments on the Friday. Well, yeah, that's spot on. And uh, so many other elements to, to this about the, uh, you know, the, the potential battle of the, of the TV networks uh, that are linked to this. Um, it's a test day, and we've reliably told that many of the teams don't get a lot of value out of the test day it's a it's a pr day uh, and i should point out it's actually pr two days and i don't see the television value in uh, in covering that um now if they put up some prize money and uh, you know had some sort of competition for the, the fastest on the day and created some real interest some real competition then maybe there is something to cover but uh, i think uh, that the Bathurst 12-hour has captured the uh, motorsport uh, public's interest from the, the last couple of years, in particular the race earlier this year. Um, Le Mans had a much higher profile uh, this year compared to the last couple with Mark Webber uh, racing there. And I see that there's a, a groundswell of support now coming for the, the more exotic sports cars as a novelty. It's not a competition for V8 supercars and the regular viewer, but the novelty is captivating, and uh, I think it's a mistake to try to put them on head-to-head. -head. Mm. And, of course, these rumours came out, Peter, before, uh, well, right after the news that Channel 7 had signed the 12-hour up for uh, a full 12 hours or 12 hours plus of coverage because they'll naturally build up to the start and then uh, have a uh, victory podium and an interview after. Um, yeah, that's right. The, the, the television package for the 12-hour... Is building on the success that's been built in the in the last couple of years, where the the ratings have been growing and the the quality of the uh, the package is really quite good. Um, 
you know, a lot of tit-for-tat comments are being made. You know, where on earth will Channel 7 get the, uh, uh, the technical staff to put together such a telecast? Well, um, sort of it's been happening there in the background, maybe not packaged as Channel 7, but, um, yeah, they've been putting together a pretty good show so far. Yep, and uh, to bring you back into it, Richard, what about this, uh, Roland Dame slamming Chas Mostert as an idiot? It's, it's great copy, but uh, yeah. is, it, is it as fair a cop as what uh, the headline might appear? Oh, uh, no, it, it's not. It, it, that's Roland Dane giving good copy, and he knows how to give good headlines when he, when he wants to. Um, yeah, head of the moment stuff. I don't think there's as much in it as perhaps it's been played to be. I don't have a problem with that, personally, because I think we need to build these rivalries, and if... if Chaz is going to going to be one of the the bad boys of the sport, and uh, you know I have no fear, take no prisoners kind of driving, and that's the kind of press that it's going to generate. I, I personally have no problem with that. Whether that's what Chaz wants or not is entirely up to him. But um, was it justified? Probably not. It was a racing incident between the two of them. Lounge and and Chaz got stuck into each other coming out of the fast corner on a narrow bit of bitumen midway through a race. It caused Craig Lance to have a puncture cost him the race, probably. Yep, he would have been a, a podium contender, no doubt. But that's the sport. It happens. Um, Craig would have already built a bridge and got over it. So um, I think it's nothing more than a, a nice headline from Uncle Roland just uh, telling the facts as they are and voicing his opinion. And I have no problem with people saying what they think uh, that should be done more often. Yep. And, Peter, I, I guess you're going to be on the same page as well. Well, absolutely. Um... <clears throat> yeah, they'll sort it out. Uh, you know, on the track, a racing incident, uh, in, in my view, um, and that's the nature. If you start rubbing, then uh, sometimes you're going to get some car damage. And uh, you know, Craig Lowndes is uh, well familiar with a bit of rubbing and tapping and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, this is uh, one example where he's been the victim instead. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, and then be back to wrap things up right after this. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck. For Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, as we wrap things up here on Inside Supercars, uh, uh, perhaps a final thought, Peter, and I know you wanted to talk about those Mustangs. Oh, yes, I'm very keen to uh, see the, the Mustangs uh, uh, become part of V8 supercar future. I've been a Mustang fan for a very long time, so uh, this is music to my ears. But what I find also interesting about that possible direction is that uh, it's been reported in the media in the, in the last couple of weeks that uh, Audi are not particularly interested in V8 supercars because they'd have to put a fair bit of development into something that only applies in one country. If V8 supercars can diversify its field with cars that are truly international, like Mercedes, Volvo, Mustangs, uh, and whatever may replace the uh, Commodore in the future, 
it sets it up as possibly becoming uh, a formula that is not just for Australia, and I think that could uh, then bring in more and more manufacturers. Uh, I think the Mustang is a, a key part of uh, that new direction that could be uh, you know, further growth. What about you, Richard, the final thought? The biggest single challenge V8 Superfast faces between now and 2018, when the supposed new rules will be introduced, is whether they keep the V8 at the front of their name. If, if they remove the V8 at the front of their name, it, it will change the game completely. Um, and, and by that I mean if they go, right, Volvo, if you want to run a twin-turbo V6 in your S60 Polestar because that's what you sell in the road car, well, go, go have at it. If Ford want to run a Mustang with a 302 Ford V8, then go. Performance balance them all, and you'll end up with the same product with a whole bunch of OEM-specific engines that are relevant to what they sell on the street, which is not the case at the moment for Nissan um, and Volvo and, to, to a lesser extent, Mercedes-Benz. Um, well, then that, that will change the sport completely, and it needs to be managed very, very carefully. But there's a lot of talk about that happening now, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next um, couple of years. It's probably the biggest challenge the sport has faced since uh, the move away from Group A. I, I don't think that's putting too big an exclamation point on it. Mm. Of course, we've already made that move here at Inside Supercars, and, of course, our sister program, Supercars Today, Guys, uh, I, I just want to get, uh, before we leave, my, uh, my final thought is that memberships are going to become more and more uh, a focus in Vert Supercar Land as a way of uh, involving spectators and the teams in a more symbiotic approach. But can I get, Richard, your tip for Townsville? Uh, that's difficult. Jamie Winkup is the king of Townsville and his uh, stats are very, very good there. So naturally I'm going to pick Craig Lowndes. All right, Peter. Well, I was going to go for Lowndes, but uh, since Richard's already got in there... Um, oh, jeez. There's so many to choose from. That's the problem. Well, at the pointy end, there's actually not. Um, if the, the regular performers at the pointy end, it's only down to a couple. So I'll have to go for Win Cup because Lowndes is already taken. Mm, well, uh, of course, there was an FPR benefit the last few years up there at Townsville. I can't believe no one has picked Frosty. Richard... Well, Peter. We're not making any bold predictions on your first show, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Richard and Peter, it's great to have you on Inside Supercars and look forward to catching up with you in the near future. Thanks, Thanks guys. That's all we have time for this week. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.